life insurance does have a specific piece of it that is very valuable. My mindset's always been invest first, spend second. Um, so every penny I make, I would say 70% of it goes into investments. E educate yourself, only invest in things that you really know about. There are so, there's so much fraud out there and in the things that uh, look too good to be true are very likely too good to be true. As I grow larger and have more, uh, feels like I really don't want a lot of those things I thought I wanted five years ago. Hey guys, it's Caleb Williams with Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Better Wolf Podcast. I am here with my good friend, Scott Swagart. And uh, we're uh, we're going to be talking all things life insurance, real estate, angel investing. Obviously, this is not insurance advice, investment advice, tax <laughs> advice. Um, we're not. Don't sue us. We're not the ones who get sued. Um, but I I wanted to have you on, Scott, because you've come to our workshops. You obviously were just great friends, and it's been really fun to see how you've been making moves. You're also a fellow podcaster, and you're doing some amazing things as well. So I just wanted to bring you on and and jam about your mindset as it relates to your wealth, your mindset as it relates to investing, and your mindset as it relates to how life insurance plays a role in that. So the bar is set high. I know I asked like 50 questions going in. That's like my downfall of, of podcasting is I want to like ask you all these questions up front. But what I would love first and foremost is to just like hear like who you are, what company do you represent? And how did how did you even like get on a show like this? Like maybe just give a little bit of context before we jump right into the insurance investing and angel investing using life insurance. Yeah, absolutely. Caleb, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, really looking forward to chatting with you here. And uh, just so everybody knows, Caleb's an awesome man. Um, you know, he's been so gracious to invite me to several seminars, uh, have myself and a few guys on my team come and join him. We are not insurance um, in the insurance business by any means, uh, but we do use policies and have learned a ton from Caleb. So thank you. Um, I appreciate everything you've done for us and how, how you've educated and helped us really get into this. So Scott Swigert, um, you know, I am an entrepreneur. Um, I would say a multifaceted entrepreneur. Have been in the real estate business now for seven, eight years. Um, and grown a retail residential brokerage. Uh, owned a Keller Williams franchise here in the Midwest and built that up over the last couple of years. I didn't really do much, to be honest. I was just a part owner, um, but have sold residential real estate for seven or eight years now, owned that brokerage. And as I was selling real estate, was investing in real estate at the same time. Uh, that's the whole reason I got into real estate. I wanted to be an investor. I wanted to build houses. Um built a pretty successful real estate sales team over the past seven years as well. Uh, one of the top producing teams here in the Midwest. Uh, and as of last year, I actually sold that team, sold my Keller Williams brokerage ownership um, and thought I was just going to really focus on investing in real estate and uh, angel investing in all types of businesses. That's really what I'm interested in. Um, so long story short, Sold residential real estate, sold my brokerage, had some cash, took all that money and really started working with Caleb in the past 12, 24 months or so, I guess, two years um, to understand more on insurance and kind of how I can leverage insurance. I used to really not be interested in insurance. I kind of took the Dave Ramsey approach. Hey, life and whole life is bad. Whole life is bad. I only have term. But then I started questioning, is that really the case? 
Um, started reading a lot of books. The Black Book, obviously, Nelson Nash, great book. I really recommend everybody read it. Um, that book really changed my perspective on a lot of things. And it made me think, you know what? Why is this book telling me this? But everybody's always told me something different. Um, so I started to dig deeper and try to truly understand for myself. And, and really, it was eye-opening to realize life insurance does have a specific piece of it that is very valuable. Um, you just have to really know what you're doing and make sure that you're being represented properly, like Caleb and his team at Better Wealth do. And there are so many other people out there doing these products, not a ton, I guess. Um, but I, I wanted to learn more about that. Um, so long story short, about two, no, three years ago now, four years ago, shoot, three years ago now, started investing heavily in uh, taking my proceeds and my profits from my retail residential sales, uh, from my investing, we build, flip, develop houses here in the Midwest, um, and taking every penny of cash flow I had and putting them into life insurance policies. Does that kind of tell you, Caleb? <laughs> yeah, dude, that gives that gives context. So what I, what I would love to do is like zoom out and be like, okay, what is your, like, what's Scott's wealth framework? How do you think about money? What is the game plan? What's what what yeah. what is your mindset when you wake up of being like, okay, I'm I'm on track. How do I know I'm on track? What are you working towards? Because I find that everyone has different philosophies, frameworks, different investor DNA, and obviously you've always it seems like I've been into real estate and now you're starting to invest in other businesses. So yeah. what what how do you do you how do you teach that and how are you living that out? Yeah, so you know I got into to real estate, mainly for the fact that I, I wanted to make money. Uh, I didn't grow up with a ton of money. And the reality is, is I, I wanted to be able to do what I want when I want, however I want. Uh, sounds kind of cliche, but the reality is that is what my focus was. Uh, I want to be able to travel when I want. I want to be able to go to these seminars, meet people and do cool things with people. Uh, and I never want anybody to have to worry about what I had to worry about growing up is, you know, looking at the prices on the menu when I go to eat dinner, uh, making sure that I'm respecting my parents and, and you know, the little bit of money that we did have to go out to eat that night. Um, that was one thing that I, I, I told myself, I will never do that, nor will anybody that is around me. Uh, we will enjoy ourselves and I'm going to get to a point to where we don't have to even think about those things. Um, so when it comes to investing, invest first is has always been uh, my mindset. I haven't really even today. You know, I've, I've got a couple of nice things, um, I guess. But the reality is, as I invest every penny I make, uh, I reinvest it into real estate, uh, into startups. I've got several tech startups that I've put my money in. Um, you know, trying to diversify into all different aspects of the tech world. Uh, and But into things that I'm interested in. Uh, I don't invest in things that I'm not interested in. Uh, you know, I've got some money in cryptocurrency. Uh, and then I recently opened up a medical laboratory here uh, in Kansas City where we specialize in. Um, we have some proprietary testing that has been developed. Um, and so, you know, my mindset's always been invest first, spend second. Um, so every penny I make, I would say 70% of it goes into investments. The other 30% is used for my living, play, do whatever type of money. Um, I, I, my DNA is to give back and to provide better futures for um, kids. You know, I, I, I think... Long story short, my end goal is to be able to give as much money back and give the same opportunities to low-income 
individuals as maybe your higher, more affluent individuals get. It's pretty sad when you go out and you see, you know, I'm in Kansas City, you go downtown Kansas City and you're in one area and then you go 15 minutes away and the education's in this one area, they have lawyers or resource officers helping people that are getting kicked out of their their homes and tenant issues. And then you go over 15 minutes away and these kids are learning about engineering and they have a culinary arts facility. That's absolutely the most magnificent thing you'll ever see. Why do the two kids not have the same abilities and uh, opportunities? Um, It's not the kid's fault, in my opinion. So I do this to try to give back as much as I can and and give opportunities to everybody. There's so so many things that I could go off of this but i one thing that i love about you is you you just said it like you invest you have you you like defer and i don't mean defer from a tax standpoint but like you defer what you could be spending on today you defer your current consumption for future future consumption yes. future growth future investing and i'm curious like did you all did you grow up that way or was there like a light bulb moment in your head that you're like man i gotta i gotta like reverse the most people are living off of 80, 90% of what they make or more. Yeah. And you're, you're like flipping that on its head. No, it's a complete opposite of what I grew up. Uh, you know, again, we grew up lower middle class. Uh, love my parents. They both worked their, their, their tails off, but had eight brothers and sisters growing up. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it was expensive. You know, we had four, we were foreclosed on and this and that. And hmm. I, I, I went to college and I think college was the eye opening experience for me personally, where I, I, became friends with some very affluent individuals. And I just started listening to conversations and spending more time around them and their families and kind of hearing what they talked about at Christmas, uh, what they did for holidays or what they did for other people. And just seeing that really is what that light bulb moment that I had where it was, they're talking, they're sitting at the Christmas table talking about what stocks they're in, what what happened in the market this year, what next year looks like compared to we're sitting here at my family dinners talking about this black cloud, quote unquote, we have over our family and things are always bad or so-and-so's health is poor. And I just got to thinking, maybe it is different out there and it's just kind of our surroundings. So who you put your, who you put yourself around and the people you hang around, I changed that as soon as I uh, went back to my third year of college because uh, I spent my second year of college uh, living with a friend for a few weeks. And that was probably that moment where I was like, you know what? I need to do different. Uh, we we grew up spending first, investing second, if we had enough left to invest. They were opposite. They invested first, spent second. And that's kind of the way that I've now started to live is, and the reason I did 70%, this is kind of crazy, um, Kayla, but a couple of years ago, that 30% difference um, is the number that was in my head because of kind of the life insurance policies. And and there's, you know, my first year, I'm about 30% less, second year, 28. That's why I kind of stuck with that number. Uh, so I said, okay, no. I'm going to put 70% in. And that's why I've stuck with 70% of everything I make is because of the way that these life insurance policies work. I said, oh, that kind of just makes sense how these work out. And do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, um, yeah, not not early. So it's like you put money in the first year, you don't have access to everything. I have penny. about 70% of what I put in and then yep. 73%. So I was like, you know what? 70% is a great number. Why don't I just put yep. 70% of everything I make back in yep. uh, and go? So we'll call it the 70% club. We'll, we'll make that's right. So, um, that's so right. I, I want to go back to in the investments because obviously everyone, we have clients that invest in all kinds of things and we, yeah. we take a pretty 
hard stance at BetterWealth. We're not going to tell you what to invest in. We want to give people options. We want to we want them to understand the, their own self. And really, it's my belief that the number one investment you should make is in yourself. And a lot of people yes. are not even not even a fraction of where they could be if they just like focus on themselves. What obviously real estate and businesses, what, what about real estate and business? And like, what, what have been some of like the things that you've learned in investing that you can give our audience wisdom on? What are some of the mistakes that you've made that are, we don't have to go through because you're going to tell us all about them? Yeah. I think that the biggest thing I've learned is, is, you know, educate yourself, only invest in things that you really know about. There are so, there's so much fraud out there in, in the things that, um, uh, look too good to be true are very likely too good to be true. Um, I, I, I try to find good in everybody. And sometimes that, that hurts me uh, financially because I do take risks thinking that so-and-so might take my money and actually do good with it. And they don't. So just be careful who you're working with and who you're investing with. The, the best tip I can probably give, honestly, uh, the thing that I have learned is pay people, pay professionals to do their jobs and set you up properly. What I mean by that is pay guys like Caleb, pay guys like the attorneys, the estate attorneys, your accountants, stop trying to save pennies because you're going to end up spending quarters. The reality is, is I have had to redo my estate multiple times. I've had to redo accounting things. And I've missed out on so many opportunities to save a lot more money down the road because we were improperly set up from the start. And I know it's not easy. And it sounds way easier for me to say it now than what it was 10 years ago when I really didn't have a penny to my name, negative dollars to my name. Um, spend the money up front, set it up right, do it right as you can. And I promise you that will do you so much better than trying to not pay the best accountant, not pay the best attorneys, not pay the best life insurance guys, because sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. And having those specialists in each of those fields are going to make sure that you are doing it right. The other thing is try to find, there's there's this problem that we kept running into, especially years ago, before we started talking to guys at Better Wealth and, and some other pl uh, places that we use like creative planning. But the, our accountants, our insurance or not our, so our accountants and our attorneys wouldn't talk. So there was this issue where our, our attorneys were doing what was best legally for us. Okay. Our accountants were doing what was, we thought best for us on the accounting and tax side, but they were never talking together. Yep. And that was a huge issue. Um, now we're starting to see a lot of companies like yourself, Caleb and others, where it's kind of like this white glove treatment. They have all this in-house. We all understand how each other work and what the overall mission is for this individual that we're working with versus the old way of, well, I'm the attorney. I'm going to bill my hours and get paid for what I do. And then you got the accountant. Well, I'm the accountant. I'm just going to file the taxes and get paid for what I do. And then you know, down the line, it kept going like that. Well, now they're working together. Find people that work together and understand your goals and your mission and what you want to achieve versus what they want to achieve for you and how they want you to pay them. Yep. Everything's integrated. Um, a decision over, over here can affect 10 other things in your life. Yep. And I think a lot of times we're, we, um, we make decisions that are like, we, we don't understand the ripple effects of those decisions. And by the way, that, ha that has to do 
personally, spiritually, health wise, yeah. like it's not, it's not just a, a money concept that we're talking about. It's almost every decision you make, it's a form of opportunity cost. There's, there's ripple effects, good and bad for the decisions that we make. Um, I want to, I want to talk about life insurance because you're, you're very humble. You, you're, you're very successful. And, and it's fun to see you continue to grow and make moves in your team. It's been really, really fun to see why, what was the epiphany for you when it came to, when it came to life insurance? I know we're very, very clear that life insurance is not an investment. And a yep. lot of the the people speak against it saying it's a bad rate of return. It's a horrible investment. And I think it, you know, any, any reasonable smart person will be like, okay, then why do people do it? It's, it's a foundational place to store, protect be able to utilize, but, but yep. there's also wisdom and just having safety in your portfolio. I wanted to get your thoughts of like, what was your initial, like, did you read becoming your own banker as like one of the first books that would like got you think differently or how, what was your journey like as it relates to this? And like, what was like the moment where you're like, Oh wow, I get this. And it's maybe what I didn't think originally. Yeah. So, you know, becoming your bank, your own banker was by far the first book. Uh, and I, the first time I read it, it, a light bulb lit off, but I didn't necessarily believe it still. Um, so what I did is I challenged, like, if I don't believe you, or I don't think it's what you're telling me is completely accurate, I'm going to challenge you. Well, the way I challenged it was give me another book to read. That's going to back this up. Give me another book. And then I just kept going down that line and reading more and more and more books on, um, life insurance and becoming your own banker and creating this, this bank. So, it took me about 12 months before I actually, it was 12 months or more before I actually pulled the trigger. So I started to believe it slowly, uh, but it did still take me. I had to stair step into it because I still was trying to figure out how to tell myself that this wasn't accurate, what I was reading, because it was too good to be true. Um, just to be honest, that's, that's what I thought it was. I was like, ah, this is too good to be true. They're just trying to sell me, but I didn't have anybody trying to sell me. That was what was so crazy is nobody was trying to sell me anything. I just kept getting the books and then I'd have a question or two and ask, Hey, this doesn't make sense. Explain this to me, or is this really accurate? Send me an example of it, whatever else. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I went through that and just spent a year by myself learning and educating myself. My business partner had become a part of, um, Oh, what's the one big popular or not popular, but what's the, um, Garrett Gunderson, they always talk about him. Wealth um, Factory. Wealth Factory, yeah. So he had started doing that. So he was the one that actually gave me the first book and started talking to me about it. So I started getting interested. But then I found you guys and just started asking you questions because I was like, you know what? I'm not going to necessarily trust Wealth Factory. He's already doing it. Let me find somebody else and challenge it. And it all kind of added up, right? I remember our first conversation, by the way. <laughs> I remember exactly where it was, <laughs> what we talked about. It's it's funny to see a uh, long, long yeah. time ago and, and, and where we are today. What, um, what, where are you right now? Like, where's your mindset from a standpoint? I know that you're working on a podcast, you're, you're building content. Like where has there any been anything in the last year that you're like, okay, like I'm, I'm shifting the way I'm thinking. And this is, this is like why I'm doing this stuff as well as investing. You know, my mindset really hasn't shifted to be honest. Um, uh, it's still about being able to do what I want when I want. And then being able to provide and give back. So one thing that I'm real passionate about is affordable housing, workforce housing, trying to find ways to create actual aff affordability, which that's a buzzword. I don't love it. Um, but I, I, you know, for me, the mind, the mindset shift is I've been able to really, um, 
build up my policies. You know, I'm putting in, uh, I don't know if I need to say, but a lot of money on a monthly basis or yearly basis. Um, I'll just say it a quarter million dollars, I think right now is roughly where I'm at, uh, putting into insurance policies. What I realize is, yeah, they're not an investment. Okay. But when you're hustling and you're going so hard and, and you have the, I am a high risk guy. I, I can take a lot of risk. And if I go bankrupt, I don't care. I'll rebuild and I'll rebuild it better. That's kind of the way that I look at it. But what's been nice is these life insurance policies, because they're almost like my low risk leverage against my high risk. And it's been awesome because now everybody kept saying, and I kept asking myself, why the heck am I putting this money in and getting 70% of my money? I could pull out 70% year one when I could go invest it over here and make 20, 30% on my residential properties or my multifamily developments or whatever I'm doing. Um, and it's because I could sleep a little bit better at night knowing, Hey, I do have this little bit of safety net over here. Oh, and by the way, if I were to die, everything I own is now paid off and my family is really safe. Um, so it was a struggle for several years as it was going. Now today where interest rates are, I am so thankful I have these policies because I can actually now leverage my insurance policies and go make a lot more money by pulling out borrowing against them and loaning it just to a bank. People were laughing at me and everybody doing these insurance policies for the past five, six years because rates were so low. The reality is, is we all knew rates couldn't stay that low. We just didn't want to accept it. Well, thankfully, Caleb and these guys helped me accept the fact that, hey, it's not an investment. This is a safety net. You've got a bunch of high-risk things. It might not be a bad idea to store just a little bit over here. And when things do start getting a little bit rocky, guess what? You're going to be thankful and I am extremely thankful that I have them. And now I'm looking at doing even more policies. And how can I figure out, how can I get more cash flow out of my assets right now to flood even more money into these policies? Because 20 years down the road, these things are going to be spitting off so much money. It's going to be disgusting. It's uh, it's going to be fun because every year you're going to be have more security and they're just going to get more and more efficient. And what, what they've allowed the biggest... me to do is invest in multiple other companies right now too. And I'm just comfortable doing it because I know that what happens is now this investment hits, I just take that money that I'm getting from that investment now, pay off my policy. Guess what? There's another opportunity. Great. Yeah. Let me go borrow and, from this policy. And I again. think, you... and again, I'm, I'm, this is why I think people like working with us is like, I play devil's advocate. You could do the same thing with the savings account, high yield Absolutely. savings account. And, and a lot of the same benefits of like, it's safe, it's not an investment, all that stuff. And so long-term, you could do the same thing with the savings. I think the difference is the life insurance has a lot more benefits, including a death benefit, including I think longer term is going to earn way greater, especially when you look at the tax advantage growth. But I want to just remind people that you can do this. You don't have to use life insurance as the asset. In fact, there's actually good reasons in the short term um, to not use life insurance, the 70% club. But I think over time, when you start every up. year compounding, it's like not only is the cash going to, is there going to be a time where you're going to have more cash because of life insurance? Yep. But if we, if all we cared about was cash, we're, we're, we're not, we should probably not do the life insurance. It's probably no. better vehicles, but there's so many other benefits. And so that's, that's the thing that we're on a mission to helping people just understand is like, you just got to understand that it's like you're comparing an apple versus an orange. And it's our, what we're trying to do is, get as many people to understand that there's, there is a better way. Compounding interest, you know, what do I say? It's the eighth wonder of the world, Warren Buffett says, and it's the truth. And that's one thing that I will say, uh, I feel like I understand better or faster than a lot of people. 
So once, you know, I've realized these weren't life insurance wasn't a complete scam. There are a lot of scammy products out there, right? There's a lot of scam products in every industry, every sector you can possibly think of. Real estate has a ton of scams in it too. So be careful. Everybody wants to get into real estate. Trust me, it's not all glory like everybody makes it look. Um, and I have a lot of people that have got burned, but understanding compound interest and how it really works over time was why I felt safe. And like, this was probably a investment I needed to be in. Um, not investment. Sorry. I always say Ron Caleb usually corrects me, uh, um, but a, a different asset class that I needed to be in. Cause I do think it is an asset personally. Um, and you know, the, the, the reality is that I can't borrow from my policies right now and put them in, I'm getting six and a half percent at one of my banks. That's, you know, so the reality is I can pull it out and actually make that spread in two very safe areas, pretty much two savings accounts, you know, one at the bank, keep the rest of my insurance. And and now I have, I'm making a spread of over one and a half percent on yeah. my money. So it's like, holy cow, guys, nobody thought this was going to happen two years ago when they were laughing at me for doing my insurance policies. Um, yeah. But it allows you to sleep at night. You've got to have both the high risk, low risk um, opportunities, in my opinion, and delayed gratification. So that's one thing I feel like I have absolutely mastered is yeah. delayed gratification. If you want to truly be successful, you've got to give something up to get there. Uh, nobody, I mean, there are some people that get lucky win the lottery or whatever. Most of those people spend all that money and go. You have to earn it. And yeah. that delayed gratification has been the biggest piece of success for me is not having to buy all the flashy stuff today. Um, cause I know in the future, if I really still want it, which as I, as I grow larger and have more, uh, it feels like I'd really don't want a lot of those things I thought I wanted five years ago. Yeah. Yep. What's your, what's your podcast on? Uh, yeah. So my podcast focuses on leaders and, uh, entrepreneurs. So we just talk, uh, we're pretty heavily real estate focused. I would say I'm trying to pull that back a little bit. I, I, I really want to, be focusing on people that are helping inspire and change the world in general, not just entrepreneurs. I do think entrepreneurs are the base of that personally, uh, just because I am an entrepreneur, uh, we create opportunities. So, but you know, leaders, people that are thinking differently and challenging the status quo. Love that. What has been the one big, big, uh, if you had to summarize one thing that you've learned or been inspired through that project so far, what, what has been one thing that you've been inspired by? By the podcast man uh, <laughs> the, the biggest thing that's inspired me i guess is seeing the amount of success some of the people i've had in such a short period of time just because they really hammered down or focused in on a particular subject or uh niche and it's it's pretty inspiring to see you know i just actually right before this i recorded a podcast with a gentleman doing affordable um properties out in Greensville, South Carolina, they went from zero to 1500 units in five years on the affordable housing side by figuring out a niche in the IRS codes that allows them to leverage it and actually provide truly affordable property. So really just, um, it's inspiring to see the success you can have if you are really passionate behind something. Same thing with you, Caleb. It is inspiring to continue to watch you every year, every every month that I see something pop up or I talk to other people in the business. I just keep hearing and seeing your name pop up and it's inspiring. And, and I, 
I want to motivate you. I'm cheering you on from the sidelines, obviously, even behind the scenes all the time and trying to root you for you. But it's inspiring to see what you're doing and how you are so passionate about getting people to better themselves, change the status quo, really challenge what maybe we've been programmed to believe and believe for, and, and think for ourselves um, and, and do better for ourselves, for the community. I can I can sit here and say it all day. You are a man that is truly changing things that is so giving and out there always trying to help somebody else. So I would say that's one of the most inspiring things is to see how much all these people that I talk to give back as well. Yeah, love it. Um, for, for those that know how this podcast ends, I always ask people if this is your last day on earth and you're with the people that you love the most and you couldn't give them any podcast book or anything other than a conversation, what, what would you make sure to say in that conversation? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, really just try to let people know how much I, or, you know, my family, especially how much I appreciate them. Um, as an entrepreneur, it, it could be hard because you're always out doing things and we forget to spend time sometimes people that we should. And I am very guilty of that. Uh, I just took my dad on an Alaskan cruise two weeks ago and my in-laws, we brought them all on a vacation and it, it it was kind of eye-opening to see like how much fun we had, even though during the weeks or months up to that or years up to this, I guess, I've been working so hard and just not taking the time to step back and really enjoy life with them and how much they've given. So really letting them know how much I appreciate them, uh, that I do love them. I'm here. And, you know, obviously I'd be passing away at that point. Um, but that uh, I, I'm trying to do this to better their lives as well. So I would want them to know that. Well, Scott, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. We'll make sure to link uh, the initiatives that you're up to in in below. And I would just encourage you if you're watching watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on the podcast, like I, I want to hear from you. Like we're we're taking in uh, community and intentionality to the next level here at Better Wealth. Like we we want to hear from people. I'm doing a series called Naked Numbers where I'm literally going to like speak into people's lives and like do a coaching non-coaching live and like show people like some of the questions that we're asking and all that and so um scott always appreciate your support and um i i know that if people people are interested in that i'll also have a link down below on how you can apply to be on the show and uh learn more about what we're up to at better well so any any final words before we we close this up no caleb i greatly appreciate you and i would highly recommend caleb's uh what they're offering. They, they kill it at better wealth and they are great people. They are not pushy. They are not salespeople. They are truly there to provide support and value in any way that they can. So Caleb, thank you so much for having me on the show and uh, have to get you on the show here at some point, but uh, thank you so much. Yeah. I'll, I'll come on the show anytime and I appreciate you. Yep. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.